Welcome to Tusoka. Conversations with a therapist and a doctor. So it's so good to be here with everybody today. I'm really looking forward to this this um, episode. It's going to be fun. We've got a story to share. Before we get into that, um, Candy, how have you been doing this week? Me? You know what? I have been good. It's been a good week. I met up with a friend of mine and she was um, asking me about Yaya because when she met Yaya, uh, Yaya was six and she introduced herself by saying, you know, I sing and I dance. Meantime, she's never taken a dance class or had a singing lesson and then spontaneously made up a song called the I Love You Song. And then also did an improvised dance this morning when I was talking to Yaya. She said, well, I've always been really good at improvisation. She has. So um, just to clarify, Yaya is my sister's third child. Uh, and she comes after Haley and Zachary. So today we're actually going to be talking about her birth story. And it's not what you would expect. Exactly. Let us just set the stage a little bit. Um, Yaya, uh, she was conceived on an anniversary trip. It was my seventh anniversary. And um, I had had the previous year two miscarriages. I had one on my birthday and an anniversary. Mm. And, um, you know, that's a whole nother story. But you know, these were very early miscarriages. But it was devastating, because I really wanted a third child. I never felt like I was fully done after having the two kids. So um, it was New Year's Day. And I remember, I took a shower and I wrapped the towel around me and like my breasts were really sensitive and I'm like, what's up with that? And then I said, oh my God, I think I might be pregnant. And then I did a pregnancy test and I was pregnant and then we had planned a trip up to Big Bear. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, it was a family trip. I was coming down from San Francisco right. with Maxine. And it was over, uh, it was Valentine's Day weekend. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. we were going to make the announcement. And I was really hesitant because of the uh, previous miscarriages. And um, I announced that I was pregnant and everything was going great. I was how old? 36 at the time. Mm -hmm. Advanced maternal age, yes. as they say. Anything after 35. Yeah. And then I went to a doctor and he told me that, um, you know, I needed to have an amnio. And well, first of all, this doctor, he looked like he was um, uh, like a loan shark. He came in and he had his shirt open with all this salt and pepper hair on his chest with like a big gold <laughs> medallion on his. And I'm like, like is, is he retired? Like, what, what the heck? So he goes and he tells me that I need to have an amnio. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. He said, well, why? I said, because I, I want this baby. And he said, well, having a child with Down syndrome changes your life. And I'm like, 
I'm not going to pray for a child and then, uh, you know, decide not to go ahead with the birth of the child if the kid has Down syndrome. And um, so then I went to another doctor and um, I went to him and he said, well, you know, because of your age, you need a um, an amio. And I said, I'm not going to do that. And then he said, I respect your decision. So I was willing to deal with whatever happened with the baby because I was just so happy to be having a third baby. I have to just give a shout out to Dr. Fred Cohn, who who was Candy's doctor and who also delivered two of mine. My and Grayson were delivered by Dr. Cohn. We love him. Right, right. So anyway, so in so May 9th, I just finished watching an episode of ER. And um, I was uh, lying in bed and I just started to feel contractions. And I was like, oh, this is nothing. And she was due September 10th. And then I was like, let me time these. And it was like every five minutes. And that's like a big whoopsie. And I thought for some reason that I could drive to the hospital, get checked out, and then come home and I'll be fine. And, um, you know, common sense took over. I woke up my then husband and then said, hey, I have to go to the hospital. Long story short, I was in preterm labor Mm -hmm. and I had to be put on bed rest. And um, that was really difficult for me because I had two additional kids so bed rest and and a job and a job. So I had to leave my job. And then um, Judy had just moved down. She, she, I think she moved down that summer? Yeah, so um, my then husband, Maxine, and myself, we moved from San Francisco down to L.A. And the timing could not have been better. It really worked out so well that I was able to be there for my sister, for my niece, for my nephew, and have fun with the kids while, you know, Candy was on bed rest. So Judy used to come and pick up the kids and take them to outings. We called it the summer of recklessness. Absolutely. Because they were just, it was like they were having the time of their lives and people from church volunteered to pick the kids up and take them to vacation Bible school and do all types of things. So I, uh, could rest. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a good time. Um, just, I remember the three kids in the back of the car and we're just driving all over swim lessons, park, movies, what have you. And then on those days when Candy was feeling up to it, you know, she would be able to participate with us. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I remember so much about that summer. That was a summer when Beyonce's Crazy in Love came oh, out. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, my and gosh. the kids were trying to twerk. Oh, my gosh, yes. Beyonce was on Oprah, and the children were twerking all over the place. Yeah, I do remember that. So then the summer ended, and then my two started up at school. So Boogie was in kindergarten, and then Haley was in second grade. And I, um, I think I had an appointment the morning that they started school. I went to the doctor and I just wasn't feeling well. And you know, that last exam they do before the baby's ready. Well, first of all, at 37 weeks, 
he stopped the medication that I was on. I forgot to mention that the terbutaline made me really anxious and jittery. And I thought when I when he placed me on it, oh, I'm on bed rest. I'll be able to read. I couldn't even concentrate enough to read. And so when he stopped the uh, medication at 37 weeks, I said, oh, I know I'm going to have a baby within hours because I've been on this medication, you know, since May. And here it is September. And it didn't happen. So 38 weeks comes up. Nothing happened. 39 weeks. I'm like, what the heck? And he, he it's funny because I was on um, bed rest. And at 39 weeks, I was uncomfortable. And he was like, well, maybe I can induce you. And I thought, that's ridiculous. Oh, another story is the week before Yaya was born, it was really hot, like 105 degrees. And um, I had gone to the post office. So I was off bed rest and I was doing everything to make the baby come. And then I got that feeling like, oh, my God, I'm going to faint. I am going to faint. And I was at the post office. So I informed them. I'm going to lie down on the ground right now. And I had the two kids. And then, of course, everyone freaks out when they see a very pregnant woman lie down on the floor of the post office calmly. There was a big commotion. And it was that feeling like, if I don't lie down, mm -hmm. I will collapse. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, the terrazzo floors felt really good on my face. And it kind of cooled me down. And this man came up and said, I'm a paramedic, I can help. And I said something cocky, like, I'm a doctor, I can help myself. <laughs> and yeah, then I just, so much. Uh -huh, I laid there for a while until the feeling passed. And I got up and I calmly left. That was with the week before she was born. Mm -hmm. So then, um, you know, it's back to school day. And then the first day back at school, and they're going to have a back to school night. And then I tell... My kid's father, um, hey, I'm not going to go because I really don't feel well. I think this baby's going to be born in the next 24 hours. And I remember him thinking, well, the baby hasn't come for two weeks now. What are you talking about? And I just knew it. I just, it was this not well feeling and, you know. And so they go, he goes to back to school night. Um, we're sleeping. And it's a Tuesday into a Wednesday. And then at 11 o'clock, I start to have some contractions. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, they're every 15 minutes. And I was like, see, I told you the baby's going to come. And so I call my doctor. He said, well, you know, they're every 15 minutes. Wait till they get to be every five minutes. And I said, fine, because I was contracting for 19 hours with my second child every 15 minutes before the labor really kicked in. So... The thing is, it wasn't really painful. I could sleep, like I could sleep in between. So 11 o'clock and then maybe 4, 4.05, a contraction wakes me up. And I was like, I can't wait till this is every five minutes. I'm going to the hospital. This is horrific. But it wasn't, it wasn't close together. But it was just really painful. So I, I'm like, I need to get that epidural. So at this point, I had um, told my sister-in-law, Jean, um, hey, you can come and watch a baby being born because we were pregnant at the same time. She mm -hmm. was due um, in uh, November. 
I told my sister, you can come in for the delivery. I told my mother, you can come in for the delivery. I told my cousin, you can come in for the delivery because she was uh, newly married and was fascinated with. So it was going to be a party. So um, I had my bad bag pack and um, I called Judy and I said, hey, Judy, I'm going to, uh, to the hospital. So, she, you know, she came. And yeah. it was really quick because you were at mommy's house. And I was you came- at mommy's. Yeah. So, so, so Candy called me in the middle of the night. I, you know, we had just moved down to, to LA and we we're staying with my mother at the time. Um, my mother, my brother, Steve and myself, we get in the car and we go over to Candy's house because we're going to take her to the hospital because uh, the children's father was going to take them to school that morning. So the plan was he'll just meet us at the hospital after he drops off the kids. That was that was the plan. That was the plan. So everybody was calm. So I get in my mother's car. Steve is driving. <clears throat> Mummy's in the front seat. I'm in the back seat behind the driver, and Judy is next to me. Mm-hmm. As, My sister's wearing pants, yeah, some leggings. Some leggings. As Steve um, reverses from the driveway, the pain really hits. He barely gets down the block, and I have another pain. And it was like somebody used like a crowbar to tear my pelvis apart. Oh, dear God. Like I felt my pelvis disengage and it felt like I was going to die from the pain. It was so incredibly hideous. I really thought I was going to die, you know? And then I scream out, baby, come in, baby, come in. And then Judy... I heard the scream and I'm thinking, mother of God, what do I do? Well, she's told me the baby's coming. I need to prepare for the baby. Now, keep in mind, it's very early hours in the morning. There's very little traffic um, in the area. My brother is driving 95 miles per hour through the neighborhoods through the busy streets trying to get us to the hospital on time because it becomes very apparent that we're not going to make it right but then when i said baby coming she pulled down my pants yes. and then i was thinking wow she really is very literal i meant the baby is impending but it's not actually going to come yes i I positioned her so like one leg was up on the seat. The other was, you know, just in the in the um, the bottom of the seat area. And I pulled her pants and her panty down. Right. So the the time period between the first pain reversing from the driveway and the second was about 45 seconds. Yes. And then um, Judy pulled my pants down and I'm lying in the back seat saying, if I stay still, this baby will not come. And then mommy, she started a prayer revival meeting <laughs> in the car. <laughs> mommy was scared. in the name of Jesus. Keep this baby safe. Jesus, don't make this baby. Come, Lord Jesus. Jesus, you're in control. Lord God, keep this baby. So there was this whole bunch of drama. There was meantime, a lot of chaos. Meantime, Steve, who's so smart, he didn't run the red lights. 
because he didn't want to get hit. So he would speed up and slow down. So it was like, uh, 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 uh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. messed up mommy's transmission. Yes. And <laughs> so my brother did not know exactly where the hospital was. And apparently there was a shoemaker. There was a shoe a shop shoe on shop. the corner. And Steve is like, where? Where is Where the I hospital? Turn? And mommy said, it's by the shoe shop, you know. And Steve's like, what the hell shoe shop are you talking about? It was chaos in the car. Right. People. And then and then chaos. They're, they're, they're screaming for me. They're, candy, candy. And I She's finally. quiet. She's quiet. I think they the thought corner. I was dead. Did you think I was dead? I don't know what I thought in that moment, but I knew that she got quiet after screaming, the baby coming, the baby coming. She got quiet. So I got scared. Right. So finally, they're crying out for me. And I say, yes. And then finally, we see the shoe shop and my brother makes a hard left turn. Hard left. Hard left turn. Hard. And um, then we pull up in front of the hospital and I'm lying down on the back seat and I look up now I'm on staff at this hospital I look up and I say we made it and I was like oh my gosh this is so wonderful and then I we didn't feel I feel the pressure that pressure like bearing down like you have to have a bowel movement and I'm like Baby, come in. And Judy says, what do I do? I said, catch the baby. Catch the baby. I put my hands down between my sister's legs. I can't say that I delivered her. I caught her. Let's, let's be clear. She flew out she of my body. She flew out of her body into my hands. I got her. And I immediately laid her onto Candy's chest. Yes. And then I had the presence of mind to say, well, if she's on my chest, then all her blood is going to pump black back into the placenta. Mm-hmm. She's going to lose blood. So I'm trying to clamp the placenta, yes. hold it with my fingers, so, hold it tight. So Candy's saying we need to, we need to clamp. Yeah. We need something. Yeah. So I and remember Steve was like, what do I do? And he's looking in the center yes. console. So hold on. Okay. Let what? me take you back. Okay. Now let's reverse to when I got the call that morning. I'm trying to figure out what am I gonna wear? What's gonna be the most comfortable? It's summer, it's hot. I'm thinking sandals. I'm like, no, that's not gonna work. I'm gonna be in a hospital up and down. Let me put on my tennis shoes. Thank you, Jesus, for the tennis shoes. Because as my brother Steve is looking for something to clamp and cut off this umbilical cord, Candy, you yell, shoelace yeah i lift my foot up on the the little middle thing between the driver and uh-huh. the passenger and i'm trying to untie my she's, shoelace. she's delicately delicately it wasn't un- that delicate she's like un- unlacing them and just like any <laughs> any older brother like you're a loser he grabs the shoe grabs and the shoe. he he pull like they're laced but maybe loose he pulls with all his might and in one pull the laces disengage and there is a green spark 
Because it, it's it, it's dark in the car. From the grommet of the shoe. Right, where the, the, where the aglet, you know, yes, the little plastic thing. A green spark, spark flies. Flies. So then we tie the umbilical cord. So much was going on. Yes. We tie the cord. But hold on, hold on. Mummy? Mummy had gotten out of the car, running into the hospital. Wait, wait, Madonna, Madonna. Madonna, have baby, come. Come, come, come. come, yeah. And then this had to be, this, this security guard, he had the speed of a sloth. Right. Okay, he was just the slowest guy. And it was like he was walking in slow motion. So he comes out. And then he just kind of looks around and then he just takes his time walking back to his front desk. So we tie off the cord. We also found a sweater from that my mother had, a Gap sweater uh-huh. that we wrapped the baby in as she was laying on Candy's chest. Right. And at that point, she's born, umbilical cord is tied off, she's warm. That's when I go into shock. That's when I start to shake and I say, I don't believe it. How did this happen? I don't believe it. And then after that, I say, I don't understand. (laughs) I don't understand. So the labor and delivery staff are now down in the driveway with us at the car Um, helping my sister to get out of the vehicle. Right, they brought a stretcher and a wheelchair. Right, and my sister gets out of the car. Just picture this for a moment. This baby wrapped in a sweater on her chest. Her pants and panty are down at her ankle. There is an umbilical cord. Hanging out. Hanging out, attached to my niece. Yeah. So when they came around my side, they reached for the baby and I said, we're still attached. We're still attached. And so I kind of scoot into the wheelchair and then they had these warmed blankets in the hospital. They keep blankets and warmers and it felt so good. And um, then as they're kind of reversing the wheelchair, I see the umbilical fluid pooling in the back seat of my mother's car. Yes. And then I said... I said to mommy, sorry about your car. (laughs) (laughs) So they take me upstairs. And did you come up with me? Yeah, I was upstairs. Okay. And then um, I remember they put me in like a delivery room. And then the pain kicked in. And I remember saying, pain, (coughs) pain. And then um, they said, oh, we have to call Dr. Conan and let him know. Um, And I said, I need pain med. Oh, we have to talk to Dr. Cohen. And then I said, I am on staff at this hospital. I need something right now for the pain. And um, they finally gave me something, Demerol, I believe it was. And then I kind of dozed off to sleep. And we started making phone calls to the family um, because it was so off the chain ridiculous. It really was. And no one expected it at all. But um, the calls were made and family were very quickly at at the hospital with us. But I remember when Dr. Cohn came in. 
This is a man who's been doing OB for decades. And he himself was in shock. He was ashen. His color was ashen. He And he's, I'm so sorry, Sophia. I'm so sorry. Like, I, 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 I didn't know. None of us knew. And I remember saying, it's okay. It's not your fault. But, you know, when you, when you go through the whole pregnancy and prenatal care, you really bond with your doctor and you kind of want to share that birth, you know, that experience. And I felt I missed out. But after I took the, after they gave me the Demerol and I fell asleep, I woke up and I remember (laughs) thinking, I just had the craziest dream that I had the baby in the car. And then I look, I see my brother and my sister-in-law, and mommy, and Judy, and there's this kind of excitement, and then I look over at the warming table, and there's a baby, and by the way, we didn't know the sex of the baby, we didn't check. No, we we, we didn't know. Uh It wasn't until we got up um, to the room that we checked, and they cut the umbilical cord, so when the doctor came in, he... um, he uh he delivered the placenta mm-hmm. and he checked it to make sure it wasn't abrupted meaning kind of ruptured because when you have precipitous like quick delivery sometimes that's the cause like you know it abrupts or tears off and um everything was fine and so that was at they asked Judy for the time of oh, birth right. and i remember you looked at your watch and you're like oh yeah that was about 5 o'clock Five o'clock in the morning. And then I told the nurses what her APGARs were. (laughs) Yeah, I did her APGAR scores. And she was like, I said, maybe seven and then eight. And um, so that was five o'clock in the morning. By 10 o'clock in the morning, I felt like a million bucks. I I think I had put on like a rope, like a seersucker robe. I was taking phone calls. There was so much family excitement. And I was like, I'm ready to go home now. Yeah. I'm good. I remember Candy saying of her three children, that was by far, like, definitely painful, but the easiest recuperation. Right. And then I didn't go home because I knew when I got home, I would have three kids to take care of. So I'm like, well, I mean, this is going to be the best sleep I have before I have all the responsibility. And then Yaya had in the rapid delivery, swallowed a lot of blood. And so they had to wash out her stomach. Mm. Uh, They had to get, you know, wash the blood out. And then um, she slept a lot and they would want to wake her up and bring her to me to breastfeed. And I'm like, no, let her sleep. And the only reason that they followed that was because I was a pediatrician. But um, yeah, she roomed in with me. And I remember taking a shower and uh, like, like just maybe an hour after she was born and bringing the bassinet into the bathroom and a nurse coming in saying, where's the baby? Where's the ba-? I'm like, you think I'm going to take a shower, leave my baby out so a freak like you can come in and steal my child? So, um, so she was delivered on a Wednesday and then on Friday I went home, but Friday, you know, having delivered two kids, I'm like, where's the registration lady to get her name Mm -mm. and to do the social security and do all of that. And then a woman, I remember her name was Brenda. They, they tracked her down 
And she's like, oh, no, we, we can't register you. I said, why, why can't you register her? Because she was born in the car. I'm like, I didn't just show up with a baby. I was attached to the child. The placenta, I'm sorry, you can't. And, and then this woman, Brenda, said, it's not my fault you had the baby in the car. And then I remember crying and saying, my baby doesn't matter. <laughs> She's not important. And I was just a mess, very hormonal. But then I went home on a Friday and uh, I was discharged fairly early. And then I was home uh, doing laundry and cooking chicken. <laughs> I felt so fabulous after having that child. Oh, my gosh. It was it was. It was something else. Um, but we had to go downtown. Yes, we I did. had to go downtown with my prenatal records, the hospital records, the baby, the father of the baby, and they had to register her. So when on her birth certificate, where it says location of birth, it says automobile. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah, so we, we got her registered. And then a friend of mine told me that this child would be full of surprises. And she certainly has been. Out of all three of my children, Yaya is ridiculously independent. And she does everything. She's an old soul. She she doesn't ask for help for anything. She, like, she one time told me she was in a science fair, and I didn't know anything about it. And she came in third place. I I, only way I knew is because she asked me to help her take her project to school. And she has been ridiculously independent. And then afterwards, Judy says she reserves the right to speak at any, any milestone event that Yaya has. So whether it's a birthday party, graduation, wedding, wedding. anything, anything. I hold the rights to say a little something because I caught her. Right, right. So, um, Judy, what did, I mean, what was that like for you? like surreal like this is not happening and it was so fast it was so fast you didn't have time to to really think about it but I remember that day in the hospital walking around thinking why is my shoe falling off my foot oh (laughs) right because it doesn't have a shoelace because we had to tie off my niece's umbilical cord with it so it was just um a surreal moment. But I tell you, it's one of those stories, you know, when you do those icebreakers at work, right? Tell us something people don't know about you. And I say, I delivered my niece in the backseat of my mother's car. That is always a story, right? And people always love it. Like when I tell people they go, Oh, okay. And then I say, she's not an obstetrician. They go, Oh, tell us that story. So um, I'm going to have to say that there was some follow-up to this event. My sister actually got it in her head to create a mockumentary, right. which um, we, it was interviews with family and friends about how this all took place. It was a riot, um, this mockumentary that um, we have and we watch to this day. Right. But right. then my sister's girlfriend came to town shortly oh, thereafter yeah. And um, they went to see the Wayne Brady show and Candy got chosen to meet Wayne and to share her story with the audience with the audience. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. So um, 
it was it was just great excitement and Yaya deserves it. She is nothing but sunshine and pure love, and uh, she's just a remarkable, remarkable um, young woman. And you know, just forever blessed to have her in our lives, even though she came in in a bit of chaos. Right now, I'd like to add that even though Yaya was not born in the hospital. When I got the bill, I mean, I had insurance, so I didn't have to pay the bill, whatever the copay, but they still charged me $12,000 to deliver the placenta for the hospital room. Yeah. Right. Wow. So, I mean, Candy, it's now 19 plus years later. What do you, what do you think about this craziness? Well, you know, it's so funny because it's, it's, it's such an intimate thing, you know, for you to deliver a child And for you, my sister, to deliver my last child, I think that's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. And um, I think of other intimate moments that we've shared surrounding childbirth. The other day I was thinking about when I had Punky, the first child, and I was, you surprised me by flying in from California to um, Virginia And um, I was being discharged in the morning, and I was kind of too weak to uh, bathe myself, and you and mommy bathing me. And that was, I mean, that was so beautiful. And so it was just so intimate. And I'm just really grateful that I have family to support me, even in those moments, in those milestone milestone moments. It's just a beautiful thing. And I'm just supremely blessed. Really, that's all I think of. Yeah, I wouldn't miss it for the world. I had the pleasure of driving my niece home, um, Haley, the eldest, in the snow in Virginia. I think I was going 12 miles per hour. (laughs) I was so scared. It was the most nerve wracking drive of my entire life. Right, right. But no, Candy, I wouldn't be anywhere else. Right. Exactly where I was supposed to be. So um, we hope that you have enjoyed this story. It's always fun to recount. And I'm so glad I made that mockumentary because because we recorded it just a couple of months after she was born, then I'm able to recount things in better detail because I didn't want to forget anything. Right. Right. Yeah. And I that that mockumentary has been shared around our family. Like you want a good laugh, let's watch right. the story. Right. We want to thank everybody for um, joining us today and for listening to the story of of Yaya's birth. Um, you know, God brings our children into this world. We never know how, we never know exactly when or where. Um, but it is always a blessing. Yeah, it is. It is. And we want to thank you for listening to this episode of Two Soka, Two Sisters of a Certain Age, Conversations with a Therapist and a Doctor. And if you have any comments, you can always email us at twosokapodcast at gmail.com. And please uh, like, follow, subscribe, share, comment on all the podcast platforms so that we can get all of these nice five-star reviews and get us up there in the ranks of podcasts. Absolutely. Thank you. And um, just a quick 
shout out to No Longer Network, our amazing producers, Kristen and Nikita. Couldn't do this without you. And I just want to leave on this note. So remember, if you've also been pregnant, had a baby, had a baby in a car, we We can can relate. relate.